Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we delve into the darkest recesses of the internet to find something interesting or even comprehensible. I'm Matt Robot Vampire Heron. Uh, I'm Jeff Hack Your Soda Stream Kowalski. I'm Louisa Steam Powered Gilman Heron. Pretty good. Yeah, oh did. man, I didn't get in there. Uh, uh, Laser Frankenstein. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I was just thinking about if you stuffed your mattress full of dry ice, which is something we were talking about before we started recording, mm-hmm. uh, then you could wake up like a vampire every day because you'd be like rising up out of the mist. Oh, and you'd true. be dead. <laughs> and you'd be dead. Just like, like a vampire vampires. Does. You'd have a yep. healthy pallor from oxygen loss. It's perfect. <laughs> I mean, like, do you guys. Okay, maybe I'm way out on the limb here, but do you guys think the sexiest thing about vampires is how cold their arms would be when they wrap them around you? <laughs> Uh, I would only agree with you in the summer, I think. Yes, for sure. I'm, that, it's, I'm, listen, it's called a summer romance for a reason, Louisa. Oh, okay. I'm going <laughs> to tell you, you something. I'm going to tell you something that you're going to hate, but that you probably knew was true deep in your heart, which mm-hmm. is that there are dildo companies that make ones full of the gel that freezes when you put it in the freezer, and they're vampire-themed dildos. Yes, yes this all, we all this know all tracks. This. We've all been yes. on the internet, Jeff. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. I uh, told you you knew it was true. But that's not the sexiest I thing like about vampires. The idea. Their cold dicks aren't the <laughs> sexy thing, Jeff. It's their cold arms, like I said. Yeah, you could get a whole arm up there. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no, I want to go back to the thing that we said about a fun, zany, 80s-style summer comedy about mm. falling in love with a vampire at the beach. Yes, this is a great idea. Go okay. on. Is the vampire a lifeguard at the beach? Because that seems dangerous for a vampire. Yes, but he only works at night. Oh, okay. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. That's all we need. We have an entire script now. This is great. We could definitely make this happen. Yeah. And when he's doing CPR on somebody, he throws his cape over them, and then he also sucks their blood a little bit. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. A little for you and a little for me. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yes. Could he do mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, given that he doesn't have breath on account of being dead? Oh, probably not. Could he? Can he manually inflate his lungs for the purposes of doing yeah. that? Yeah. This is what I was thinking, because, like, when you breathe your breath into someone's mouth, mm-hmm. you're giving them just slightly less good air. Yes. Like, the thing that you're giving them is, I guess, the pressure to force it into them. Right. So, like, he is strong. He's strong and cold. That's the tagline for the movie, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's what it says right on the DVD box. So, yep. he saves a woman from drowning. She gets suspicious because she thinks she remembers in her hazy, uh, unconscious state that he had fangs, but she's not yep. sure. Yep. Okay. I like the fact that I threw out the idea that he was wearing a cape while lifeguarding, right. and no one commented on it, <laughs> no, because it I'm imagining sense. him into tiny red Speedo and a vampire cape with a high collar, and that's it. Yeah, yeah just like, uh, it's, awesome. a, it's a novelty towel. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Everyone just makes that leap. They're like, oh yeah, there's uh, Lifeguard Dracula and his novelty towel that he wears. Yeah, exactly. The cape is a novelty towel? Yep. Okay. It's a terry cloth cape. Yeah, Matt, from the second you mentioned this, I was imagining Baywatch Nights, except he's a vampire. Mm -hmm. I mean, that might have happened in Baywatch Nights. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there was magic in Baywatch Nights. I think there was a werewolf episode of Baywatch Nights. Yeah, there was definitely an Aliens one. They wanted to be the X-Files, I think, but I never watched it. (laughs) Yeah, I I love when trends happen in TV and everyone tries to get a piece of it, and it's like, what if he made a Law and Order, but it was set in, like, Westeros, or whatever. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Go back. That sounds awesome. <laughs> Wait, is, isn't that just what The Witcher is? 
Oh, kind of. Yeah, a I little mean, bit. Yeah. I mean, is. in The Witcher, I feel like you'd need to have, like, there are two distinct groups that uh, ensure the society. Well, and the witch, no. like, Law and Order are the two groups in mm-hmm. Law and Order. Mm-hmm. You need to have mm-hmm. another one. It needs to be, like, no. Witcher and no. uh, Gravedigger. <laughs> no, I already have the, the answer. The monster truck? Because, uh, what's his name? Geralt, he's the law when he's investigating what's going on in the town, and mm-hmm. then he's the order when his eyes go black and he kills the monster. <laughs> that is yeah. him doing his judgment. When he drinks his little power, his, like, energy drinks. His and then judgment gets drinks. His, ju- his judicial potions. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, Louisa, you are now proposing another great movie, mm-hmm. which is a Law & Order movie about Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yes! Ugh, we are on fire <laughs> today! Sure BBC <laughs> We already did that. for like 10 minutes. We are amazing. We've got <laughs> so many good ideas. Oh, Christ. This is amazing. <laughs> uh, do you ever, you just like uh, reminded me of how weird it is that like certain shows were on at the same time. Like I don't think of the X-Files and Baywatch as being even in the same era, but yeah, they were on for like 10 years together. On, on the, the same, same network. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's really weird to think about. They had to do photo shoots for, like, our cool primetime lineup together. <laughs> yeah, I do think it's very funny when you're watching something like The Goldbergs and then a commercial comes on for This Is Us, and you're like, oh, that's kind of like the opposite of the show I'm watching, <laughs> in that it is serious and sad, and Milo Ventimiglia has a mustache. <laughs> when Whereas he doesn't sad. have a mustache on The Goldbergs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's on I'm every s- show now, that's part of his contract. <laughs> I started seeing ads uh, a couple weeks ago for the final episode of Modern Family, which I was certain had ended in 2014. Oh, yeah. I cannot believe... Have you guys ever watched any of Modern Family? Yes. It seemed like half an episode. I watched maybe half an episode, and the the uh, giant baby that is on the show, the, the son of... Um, Yes, you are uh, talking about him. Mia Var- Vargara, is that her name? I don't remember her name. Sophia Vargara. Sophia. Sophia Vargara. Her son is like a, a sub-community theater level actor, and it is shocking to me that he is allowed to be on television. Well, he got grandfathered in, because they hired him when he was a kid, and kids can't act at all. And then yeah. as he got older, he's not a very good actor, but he still but has I mean, to be like, on the show. There are scenes, the the one episode I saw, I think there were, like, dogs, and legitimately, not joking, the dog was doing a better job of acting than this kid. (laughs) Yeah. Like, the kid couldn't remember where to walk to, like, he seemed confused all the time. If you told me that this kid had just done whippets right before filming, (laughs) everything would have tracked. Well, he's a teenager, you know, he probably did just do whippets right before... Well, then use it, man. Use it in your performance. <laughs> Make your character a drug addict, I guess. <laughs> Do you know the girl on that show, the middle girl of the three kids, the one with the glasses who's like the smart one? Um, her real-life brother was uh, Pugsley Adams. Huh. Okay. That weird? Huh. Did you know in family, real life she's not smart? Sure. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I mean, <laughs> she is an actress, so probably. <laughs> <sighs> Maybe she was just acting smart. Mm-hmm. They put peanut butter on her gums so she could say the lines. <laughs> so that they it would seem like she was smart. They put peanut butter on her brain so that it would be smarter. <laughs> oh, Christ. We lost uh, it. Whatever magic we had before, we lost all of it. Vampire magic. <laughs> oh, the vampire magic. That's right. Yeah. Louisa, what did you do this week? 
Uh oh. Um, what did I do this week? I went walking more. I've talked about that before. That's no mm-hmm. good. Can't talk no, about Animal can... Crossing. This is the block in my brain. Don't ever mention Animal Crossing. Matt will lose his mind. No, listen. I've heard from some of the listeners of this show how funny it is, how mad I am at you guys for <laughs> talking about Animal Crossing. So I'm willing to take that hit of just getting very furious at you. I will allow you guys to talk about Animal Crossing and then get very furious at you if that's what you want to do. Um, yeah, probably. <laughs> so Good, I'm I've glad been... we've come up with a formula. Uh, after playing the game for a while, you collect enough little things to really decorate your house, and I got the highest grade you can get uh, from the Home Academy today from decorating my house, which and is very fun. that gives you laser vision? Uh, it gives me a gold trophy that's shaped like a little house that I can display in my house. That, do you get extra points for having that gold trophy? Uh, yes, next time they assess my house. What What do you get at, for those extra points? Mm, a piece of furniture, probably. I don't understand. <laughs> Yes. Anyway, it's really great because I've got like a little fireplace with like a wooden duck on the mantle now and all kinds of great things in my little home. Have you considered doing the things you do in Animal Crossing but for your real house? No, because that's sad. Like making a carved wooden duck? (laughs) Sounds like I would probably hurt myself doing that. Have you considered just randomly throwing all of your furniture in the middle of the room? (laughs) Is that what you're doing? Uh, I mean, that's what I do when I start, when I'm like, alright, here's what I want in this room. Click, 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 and then I move it all around. Yeah. Oh, Is that it? So We're done? <laughs> no? I heard okay. a noise like Matt was about to talk, you, and I'm like, I don't want to interrupt him. You guys cannot be waiting on me to help this conversation. <laughs> I heard you I breathe will only in, harm this. I will only harm this conversation. That is my <laughs> promise. Oh, so it's very exciting to go around and, uh, like, you can shake two pieces of furniture out of your trees every day, and balloons come across your island sometimes. You can hear them and shoot them down with a slingshot, and they might have furniture. So it's exciting to find a new thing and find out if it's part of a set and this piece you're still missing. So I like that. I like that gambling, but, like, uh, slightly, you, like, you have to do some work. It's not just straight gambling. You're not just pressing buttons. The thing, every time that there's a randomization element like that, though, my mind immediately fast-forwards to the moment when I only need, like, eight things, and every day I'm getting one of the (laughs) 7,000 things I already have, and I'm just like, this is going to be absolutely untenable very soon. (laughs) That's very true, but I find that the social aspect of this game really comes forward more than any other Animal Crossing game. Because, for instance... Every day you can visit one of your little animal villagers, and if you go into their house and they're in there, maybe they're making something at their workbench. And if you talk to them, they'll say, oh, hey, if you want instructions on how to make the thing I'm making, here you go. And they give you a little instruction card. You can learn how to make that thing yourself, which is great, because then you can make as many as you want forever. Or if you already know how to make that thing, you just get the card. And you can share the card with other people because those cards are worth like nothing if you uh, trade them in at the store. So there's no reason for you to have the card unless you give it to someone else. And they might have something that you don't have yet. So it's a really great social thing where the only value is to other people. On top of that is the, uh, like, if somebody's crafting something and all your friends are online, you'd be like, all right, I'm going to open my gates real quick. Everybody come get this recipe from, from... Uh, Phil. Yeah. Do you feel like there's going to be a very cutthroat market 
again in the end game of this when everyone has almost all of them and then there's like one recipe that no one has and then somebody gets it one day and then everyone mobs that person no because i wonder so randomized i feel like whenever you talk to someone and you're like man i wish i had a couch i only have a brown leather couch that's the only one i've got the person you're talking to even if they've only been playing for like 10 hours is like oh shit i have a yellow couch a green couch and a blue couch i can send you one because it's so randomized but not rare that you might get something. Do you know what I mean? But what about the the very good ones? What about the ones with the best stats? They aren't any more <laughs> rare across the game is the thing. Yeah. It's yeah, just it's... rare that you might get it, you know? No, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's just as rare for everybody. Yes. Rather so, than being like uh like so super rare that only one person would get it or something. Yeah, so it's not that um, no one has it, it's just that you don't have it because there are so many things in the game. You're just getting other things. Is there some kind of comprehensive list somewhere of everything that's in the game? I don't know if they've developed one yet for this game. I they know, make some I... some kind of wiki. <laughs> they will, but I don't know if it has enough info yet. Like, uh, this was a couple weeks ago, but I was looking for gnomes, and I have six kinds of gnomes now, and I couldn't find a list of how many gnomes are in the game, but there's at least eight, I know that, so. Uh, I, I know that there's a list of just, like, all the furniture, because uh, they did a, uh, somebody data mined it and found what was in there. Yeah. Um, but. So I haven't looked that up yet, but at first, people didn't have that info. Well, now that's um. Animal Crossing, I guess. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I was going to say more, but then I thought you had something to say, but you didn't have anything to say. So, Jeff, what have you been doing this week? Uh, Good question, huh? (laughs) Yeah, besides Animal Crossing. Uh, Let's see. Today I ate a jar of cranberry sauce. Oh, God. Um, Why? You know. Because I wanted to. With a spoon? Yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) Today I ate a jar of. It's never really going to be a great start. Uh, At least I didn't say, like, mayonnaise. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Favorite drinking game. Did you have any size with this cranberry sauce? Uh, No. Um, Did you just dip your fingers in it? No, I use the spoon because I'm an adult. Lick your fingers clean after each dip. Do you think Gross. your brain was so starved of vitamin C that it started to take control of your body and make you do things like this? <laughs> oh, like in that episode of Supernatural where the guy eats all the raw meat? No one watches yep. Supernatural. Yep, I know. <laughs> Louise, you should have waited way longer before saying anything. You know what? I really wanted to hang about to dry. It doesn't make any sense to do that because the compression means that there's no fucking pause when you listen to the show That's anyway. True. Oh, fair. Oh, well. Um, Yeah, I haven't really been doing much this week, if I'm being honest. Um, I don't know, I heard some exciting things in the cranberry sauce uh, (laughs) arena. Did I talk about Sayonara Wild Hearts last week, or did I play that this week? You played that after we recorded last week. I remember okay. you talking about it somewhere. Yeah, uh, on, on Discord. Discord. Oh, okay. About it. okay. Uh, so I played this game because it was on sale and I had heard it was good. Um, it is... The style is sort of like cell-shaded, very simple, like low-poly aesthetic. And the whole thing is about an hour and a half long. Um, and it mostly works on as like an on-rails shooter type of game. Like, you're not shooting all the time. Sometimes you're just, like, moving around and, like, collecting things or dodging. Um, like but couches it's... and stuff? Hmm? Collecting couches and stuff? Yeah, you collect couches <laughs> um, and <laughs> bells. Uh, <laughs> no, it's it's basically like an hour and a half long interactive music video. 
Um, okay. So it's a, it's a nice little experience to pick up when it's on sale. It's on Switch and PC, and I don't know if it's on the other consoles. Is this a rhythm game? Uh, there are, like, rhythm segments, but not, like, Guitar Hero style. Just, like, you have to push the button at a certain time to get a good score. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I appreciate how cohesive the aesthetic of this game is. It's got that very, like, uh, like you say, cel-shaded, but also sort of, like, 80s polygonal bright colors vibe. Yeah. Uh, And I hate that aesthetic, but I appreciate that they (laughs) stuck to it. (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, the music is pretty good. I think the soundtrack is probably the main draw of it. Mm. It's sort of like, uh, uh, club music. It's not by any, like, famous (laughs) artist, even. Uh, just like the people... Just general house music. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's like the people who made the game also wrote the music and, like, hired a vocalist, and none of them were famous before, so... Uh, it's it's interesting. It's also narrated by Queen Latifah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, that's a twist reveal in the credits, if you don't recognize her voice, I guess. This game got you straight tripping, boo. Yep. Man, it's a shame that that's the thing we most associate with... Queen well, she Latifah. Made her choice. <laughs> she knew uh, what she was getting into. Eugene Levy's not even the one who's in love with her in that movie, is it? It's Steve Martin. No, no, no. those are different I don't movies, think that's true. aren't they? No, they're the same movie. No, they're the same Eugene, movie. Steve Martin plays, as I understand it, Steve Martin is a person who is forced to deal with Queen Latifah, and his best friend is Eugene Levy, oh, okay. and then Eugene Levy falls in love with Queen Latifah. Okay. Mm. And it's yeah. funny because they're different. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm glad Eugene Levy got uh, out of that, <laughs> like, segment of his career, because it was pretty bad for him for a while. He's, like, I mean, the only guy to appear in all of the American Pie straight-to-DVD spinoffs. Yeah. Are you sure he's uh, out of it, though? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, what have you seen him in ever since He's then? on that, that uh, Canadian show with his son that everyone likes. Oh, that's true. Uh, Shit's Creek. Yeah, yeah. That's true. I've heard that's very good, but I haven't yeah, watched it. Yeah, I haven't watched that. Has have you, Has anyone on this call watched it? I've heard uh, it's very I've... good, but kind of difficult to get into sometimes. And I know people who can't watch certain episodes because of characters that are in them, because they're too cringy. I don't mm. know. I don't know about that. <laughs> I've seen a bunch of episodes of it, because uh, Chris and Leo were watching it before they moved away and died. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, rip. Uh <laughs> No, it's um, it's enjoyable. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I guess I just. I don't feel compelled to watch sitcoms, so I haven't continued watching it independently. Mm. I don't think I find Eugene Levy very funny. I think the best stuff I've seen of his was in all of the like uh, American Pie movies. No, <laughs> yes, exactly. that you love. I wanted him to fuck that pie, and he never. It was like a will they, won't they, Sam and Diane thing. I can't be sure that he didn't fuck that pie in any Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> I, don't, I think I might have seen the first one, but I don't know. Like father, it. like son. Yeah. Um, but, no, I liked him in all of the, like, uh, uh, you know, Spinal Tap, Best in Show, Waiting for Guffman movies. Right. Was he actually in Spinal Tap? I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't know, but that group of people. Right, 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 right. Um, but I feel like he is very good in those as, like, a weird straight man, kind of, because everyone else around him is very funny, but he's not really that funny in them, usually. What I really enjoyed about uh, A Mighty Wind is he is mostly playing off uh, Catherine O'Hara, who I know is also in Schitt's Creek, and they were both on SCTV together, I think? Yes, that's Um, true, all true. They, essentially, in the movie, 
A Mighty Wind are both playing straight men. Yes. And it's fucking amazing how they make that work together. Yes. You wouldn't think that could work. I think that might be my favorite of those movies. Even though everyone mm-hmm. talks about Best in Show or Waiting for Guffman, I think A Mighty Wind might be my favorite one. It's definitely my favorite, yeah. Uh, I think that, um, what's her name, Jane Lynch's character in that is, like, maybe mm-hmm. the best role she's ever played. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Jeff, have you uh, seen this movie, or do you not remember it, maybe? No, I haven't seen this movie, and also I don't particularly care for mockumentaries. Okay. Um, Matt, what'd you do? (laughs) So, inspired by a post that Jeff put online this week Mm. of a uh, magpie asking if somebody is... how how they're doing. What? (laughs) In our Discord, Jeff posted a uh, a magpie saying, are you alright, love, to somebody. Oh, right. That little (laughs) clip of a real-life magpie. Yes. Um, and I clicked on that and I was like, this is a, this is great. And then I was like, I remember as a kid reading a lot about how like crows and ravens and magpies can learn to speak human speech, mm-hmm. uh, because they mimic other, uh, animal sounds. But at the time when I was a kid, there was no way for me to binge watch videos <laughs> of that. Mm-hmm. But now you guys. <laughs> yeah, I totally YouTube know what you mean. <laughs> exists. Uh, and so I watched a ton of that stuff, and it's amazing. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, I found one U- YouTube channel called Falconry and Me, uh, which apparently just hit it big, like, right after I found them, because they hit, they went from, like, 50-some subscribers when I first watched to over 100,000 in the past week. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> pretty uh, good. <laughs> yeah, so I'm really t- tapping into the zeitgeist here. Uh, but... Uh, she is a falconer from England, and she has a bunch of birds, including a raven named Fable. Uh, and Fable likes to talk a lot, and so while this woman is talking about how to care for birds, uh, Fable will be sitting on her shoulder just saying, Wow! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's really good. Mm. Yeah, so uh, so I highly recommend watching Falconry and Me. It's very calming to watch uh, this woman who's extremely knowledgeable uh, being messed with by this raven who is, like, <laughs> super playful. Um, it did make me incredibly furious that they she had to post a video of, like, everyone, please stop commenting on my videos about how these birds need to be free. I take care of these birds because they're sick or they were raised in captivity and they couldn't be free, so, like, stop. And it, yeah. it just infuriates me how much of the internet now is people, like, hyper-sensitive to... Et- opportunities to shame someone even if that person is clearly an expert and you clearly are not yeah yeah that's true i think that i think that um i don't know i think that it's it's sort of like a a hyper awareness of like oh i want to make sure i'm doing the right thing and the right thing according to my peer group is to point out when anyone is doing the wrong thing so i need to be on the lookout for the wrong thing yeah I mean, that's true, but it bums me out how much we, as a culture, now reject any kind of authority. Like, I I feel like there is a value to questioning authority, but there's also a value to taking a moment to be like, this is a person who is a professional falconer who has a YouTube channel about her professional falconry business, and I am a 13-year-old dipshit. (laughs) They probably know more about how to take care of a raven than I do. (laughs) 
But I think you that's the thing, I mean? when you're 13, you suddenly realize, like, oh, wait, sometimes p- things people do are wrong. Because <laughs> before that, when you're growing up, when an adult tells you to do something, you're like, well, I know they're right, but I agree yeah. or don't agree. But then eventually yeah, but- you're like, wow, sometimes they're wrong, though. Yeah, and but but you have to find a balance there, and I feel yeah. like everyone has just given up on that part of it. <laughs> Well, you can't so, ever read the comments, also, of course. It's like that video, have you guys seen the video floating around of the woman going into a convenience store wearing a, a mask that she's cut a hole in the middle of? No. Uh, she's like, they keep telling us we have to wear face masks, but I, like, I, I guess I'll follow the rule, but I know better, I'm not going to get sick, I'm just going to cut a hole, like, so I can still breathe through this. And it's like, you are definitely not a doctor! <laughs> you need to just listen to doctors sometimes! <laughs> You know, all the people, like, I see people outside who are walking around with the mask pulled down, like, on their chin. It's like, that's not what it, like, just, if you're going to do that, just don't wear it. Yes. Yeah. So that we can, like, identify you from a distance. I'm also surprised with how many people I see riding by on bikes with a mask on. You're not supposed to be doing it if you're doing strenuous physical activity and you're nowhere near any other people. Like, that's just stupid. You're going to make yourself sick. I did see an incredibly good thing at the grocery store the other day where there were people in line uh, and a man with a mask hanging off one of his ears, like, just walking past the line of people waiting to get in the grocery store, saw, I guess, a woman he knew, and so he, like, walked up to her and tapped her on the shoulder, and she was wearing a mask and doing everything right, and she turned around and shoved him away from her. I'm good. (laughs) I was like, Yes. This is the Perfect. right thing to do. And then he was like, why are you so mad? And she's like, look at what everyone's doing. <laughs> oh, that's really good. It's really good yes. when you see somebody called out, especially if they're an old white guy, because they yes, fucking never this get was an out. old white guy also. <laughs> Perfect. That probably oh, went without it. saying. <laughs> yes. Oh, Matt, man. did I ask you what you were doing this week? Yes, we were talking about ravens. Yeah, uh, I right. would say, Matt, there's a really good episode of Nova, which is probably like 10 or 15 years old at this point, but I still remember it because it was so very good. And last time I checked, it was on YouTube, so you might want to check that out. It's all about ravens. Okay, yeah. I mean, watching ravens solve puzzles is also very satisfying. Yes. I thought something... you were going to say watching ravens solve crimes, and I was so excited. Yes! I mean, kind of. <laughs> Yeah, can um, our uh, beach vampire have a raven friend who helps oh, himself absolutely. Okay, good. <laughs> yes. For sure. <laughs> um, but there's something so freaky about watching the way that ravens talk by just, like, opening their beak and then a human voice comes out. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is so good. It is amazing. Um, the, I also found a magpie that, that tells you to get ready for bed. <laughs> <laughs> and another one that tells you when you're going to die. <laughs> yes. <laughs> If you had a magpie that could tell you it's time to go to bed and it's time to drink a glass of water, you wouldn't need any self-care bots yes, or anything it, in your life. It's absolutely true. Because <laughs> it's always time to go to bed and it's always time to drink a glass of water. Yep. <laughs> mm. So, All right, wiki time? Wonderful. Yes, let's do it. Yep. Wiki, wiki, what? All right, so I accidentally rolled the wiki at the beginning of the That's recording fine. before I... um. Before I, like, when I was opening up all of my tabs for the show, and we got Family Guy Wiki. Uh, This explains why you've been doing all your Family Guy impressions throughout (laughs) the episode. I was gonna say, you had this cloud of doom hanging over you this whole time. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you knew some terrible news and we didn't know yet. (laughs) I've been doing my impersonations of the family dad and the family wife. Mm hmm. 
yeah. family, son, all You're the characters. Like, I want to. I'm a dog, and I want to kill the rest of this family. I think. I I was is the, like, is the dog the one that wants to kill them no, all? That's the baby. I, yeah, that's the baby. I, the dog, I was doing the my impression. Every man is like, "What are you guys doing? Everything's crazy here, and I hate it." Like he's he's your uh, avatar for the audience. Yeah, mm. he's also the one that uh, Seth MacFarlane doesn't do a funny voice for. That's mm. just his normal speaking voice. Uh, I'm, here's my, I, I can do the, here's the, the baby. He sounds like this. I'm the, the baby from Family Guy. I'm gay-coded. Gotta love me. Yeah, gotta. <laughs> you're not, you're not the mother. Roasted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, this so- show came on the air 21 years ago, mm-hmm. um, and I was pretty excited, uh, when, I was a child to watch it. Um, I watched the first two seasons and was like, yeah, stoked. Uh, then it got put on hiatus. I was like, no. Came back. It got un, like, un-semi-canceled. Then re-canceled again. And when it came back from cancellation, I watched the first episode of season four. And was like, oh, this is bad. And also, retroactively, now all the ones I liked before are bad, too. I think that may have also been a, a symptom of you growing up. Because, like... I always thought they were bad, and I feel like all of my friends who liked them, (coughs) as they got smarter, realized that they were always bad. (laughs) Yeah, I remember it getting cancelled, and I was like, hooray, finally they cancel this garbage show that people won't stop talking about. (coughs) I was very disappointed. And what might have been if it had never come back, huh? Yep. Is it still airing? It is, right? Yes. I believe it's in its 20th season. What? Yeah. Why? Yeah. I don't know, people like it. <sighs> yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, so the background here is the family. It's split, so you see three of them on one half and three of them on the other half. Uh, family Guy wiki, it says, in a puffy blue font, which I think is the official Family Guy font, the eye over, the dot of the eye and family is a TV, and then wiki is in the same font, and there are two TVs over those two eyes as well. Oh, sorry, it is the 18th season right now because of its uh, uh, couple of cancellations. Welcome to the Family Guy Wiki, an encyclopedia of all things presented in the television show Family Guy. It's a very weird way to say that. <laughs> yeah. uh, the site uses media wiki software, allowing you to edit pages. That's not important. Uh, started May 9th, 2005. All right, time to see what the most recent activity on this wiki is. One hour well, ago. There's... God damn it. <laughs> there's a summary of the most recent episode from April 26th. Yeah. Oh no! Um, News! Seth creates coronavirus podcast as Brian and Stewie. I never wanted to know that. Now oh, I have to know God. it. Now you you know, know, I saw that, and I didn't process the information until you just said it out loud. I think my brain was protecting me from it. Here's what's <laughs> upsetting about this. There's a little, like, line drawing of, of the characters wearing masks and talking into microphones. Mm-hmm. But in real life, in the actual meat space, it's one guy... <laughs> Yeah. And one microphone. Yeah. Does that talking make you to furious? himself? Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's not even the most recent episode. Hold on. So Maybe these are episodes that haven't aired not... yet. Yeah, these are episodes that haven't aired yet. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, okay. Right. Did you read all the stuff yet, Louisa? Yeah, there's not anything else. I don't think. Yeah. <clears throat> um, can someone explain to me Seth MacFarlane's like appeal? I feel like he must appeal to network execs just enough for them to keep giving him work. Um, the appeal, yeah, the appeal to 
the higher ups at Fox is his shows make them a lot of money, and the appeal to audiences is um, I don't know. I guess like shock humor yeah. that they perceive as being um, aligned with their conservative values. I had somebody explained to me once that the main appeal to the Family Guy show, as far as they could understand, is that it constantly references things that are good. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm it looking... makes you feel like it's good because it talks about things that you like, but it does. It's not actually doing anything with that information. Yeah, I'm looking at the the page for the most the episode that aired most recently that I mentioned earlier. Um, and there's two screenshots from it, and one of them is Peter doing the Homer backing into a bush thing. Mm-hmm. Which I guess is not even referencing The Simpsons, but referencing the fact that that became a GIF that people use online. Yeah. Because, like, why else would that be the moment from The Simpsons that you reference? Um, but it's not like... The, the issue I have with a lot of jokes on Family Guy is they don't label their references. Like, yeah. they'll straight up lift jokes from things, yeah. and it won't be a reference. It's just like, no, that's just a joke from Airplane, and you stole it. Yeah. yeah, that's true. <laughs> exactly. <sighs> I think that there I think there's a charitable reading of this where uh the people who write the show like respect the intelligence of the audience enough to recognize that it's a uh, a reference, but the uncharitable and true reading <laughs> is that the people who write this show seem to be writing it exclusively for incredibly high 20-year-olds who don't really remember why they're laughing, but just, like, it's like, oh, haha, that sounds like something I remember, I think, and then that's it. Yeah, that's I feel yeah. like they're, they are playing both sides where they, like, make a reference about Mr. T or whatever, and for if you know who Mr. T is, they can be like, well, obviously it's a Mr. T reference. You can see he looks just like Mr. T. We're not hiding anything. But if you're too young to remember Mr. T, you think it's something funny they came up with, and they can they can have it both ways there. Yes. I also think that, unlike The Simpsons, which I think Family Guy is often compared to for obvious reasons, it doesn't have any respect for any of the things that it makes jokes about. Yeah. Like, when you watch... I mean, I don't know about recent seasons of The Simpsons, because, you know, who the fuck cares. But yeah. <laughs> uh, older episodes of The Simpsons, even episodes where they are pretty savagely making fun of things, you can see that they love that thing. Yeah, they have something to say about it. Yeah, and they, like, you know, the baseball episode we've talked about on this podcast before, mainly (laughs) for that incredibly funny song, but, like, it's definitely making fun of baseball, but Mm -hmm. it has, like, so many Major League Baseball players in it, and clearly the people who wrote it love baseball enough to know how to make fun of it in an intelligent way. Yes, Whereas I feel like if there, maybe there is a Family Guy baseball episode, I don't know. But if it was, I feel like it would take all of the obvious jokes that everyone already makes about baseball with, like, steroids and cheating and stuff, and then just do that. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, uh, I guess I want to do a random page, and by want to, I mean have to because of the conceit of this show and the wizard that cursed us to make it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Damn uh, you, Cloud Floor! <laughs> oh, that's his name? Yeah. Is he German? Clausblor? Clausblor, yeah. How did you Louisa, forget his name? Do you not remember Clausblor? <laughs> oh, no, that's right. Hold on. That other wizard cursed Louisa to not remember the curse mm, that was placed yeah, on us by Clausblor. Right. 
Okay, Louisa, just to remind you, we were all watching Claus Bloor's house while he was in another dimension. Okay. Uh, and Did we throw some, a rager? I feel like some I'm Some hijinks now. ensued. Okay. Yeah, no, we uh, we actually didn't throw a rager. We just threw on the Blu-ray of Fifty First Dates. Uh, mm-hmm. Weird coincidence, though. Yep. Well, that has nothing to but, do with why your memory got uh, okay. wiped. <laughs> but after we put on Fifty First Date, then... Uh, Adam Sandler showed up, and then we couldn't get him to leave. Yeah. Our magic um, click um, remote control that the wizard had didn't work on him for some reason. Uh, he had that uncut gem. No. No. No, no Jeff. Um, I mean, you both know. <laughs> you are not what? innocent in this. Uh, uh, excuse me, I was referencing both Adam Sandler and magic in the movie, so I think I tie things together pretty well. Uh, so this is a slight digression, but did you guys know that they're still doing SNL, but everyone's on Zoom calls to do it? I've heard about it, but I refuse to watch it. Uh, I, my roommate watched a couple sketches, and most of them were, uh, pretty bad, and the one I'm gonna describe is pretty bad, too, but I thought it was entertaining, because Adam Sandler shows up halfway through an otherwise unremarkable, like, song that Pete Davidson is doing, and just, like, takes over the sketch, and it was, uh, it's sort of like, uh, like, you, like, you bring in a ringer after you have your real stinker come out to start. I would rather watch a full hour and a half of Pete Davidson doing mediocre songs than to ever have to see Adam Sandler show up. That's yeah, he's, he's, uh, kind of dull, but by comparison, he's, like, competent, period. End of sentence. No. Did you guys watch similarly the uh, Parks and Rec reunion thing that they did? No, of course not. Good? No. Um, okay. <laughs> there's an awful lot of uh, things going around now of comedians uh, desperate for attention recording themselves sitting in front of their computers. Yes. Uh, and it's it's a shame because even comedians that I like and think are funny are not great at things like costuming or like set dressing of their houses. Yeah. And yeah. so it's just it just seems lazy and you watch it and you're like, This is on a national television network right now. <laughs> That's yeah, like, insane. This guy is sitting way too close to the ring light that the PAs <laughs> mailed him after we went on lockdown. Yes. And you can see the ring on his face and in both of his eyes. This guy who's the, what's the name of the incredibly handsome guy? Rob Lowe. Okay. Uh, Rob Lowe clearly plugged his webcam into the USB 2.0 port instead of the USB 3.0 port, <laughs> and so the video quality is not great. Oh man! <laughs> On a national fucking television show, Rob Lowe is very handsome, and I think he must be a very good actor because he can be very funny when funny things are written for him. But he's not a funny person. Yes, he is unfortunately funny on Parks and Rec because I feel like they didn't write much for him to do. But he yeah. does. They. I feel like the direction saves that character on that show because the the dialogue is bad, but they directed him to just be like a dog turned into a human all the time, <laughs> yes. and it, it is funny. <laughs> yes, it's very good. But the thing I wanted to say earlier about uh, comedians being by themselves is you forget, because if you're seeing a comedy performance that you're just seeing the comedian, that how much they feed off the audience is extremely important to, the, to comedy. Yes. Yep, it's true. <sighs> okay, anyway, random page, Jeff. Um, sorry, I was just thinking about how Rob Lowe is a bad person. Well, oh, sure. is he? Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. He was famously in the first celebrity sex tape in 1988. Oh, no. Uh, one of the first, um, but with a 16-year-old model. Oh, okay, yeah, that's very bad. I was gonna say, like, being in a sex tape isn't inherently yeah. wrong, but yes, that is. Uh, I got the Grant-A-Dream Foundation, which I'm sure was used very tastefully in an episode of the show. <laughs> Uh, the Grant a Dream Foundation is a fictional nonprofit organization in the United States that grants wish. Okay, now they're saying it like it's a real thing. Uh, yeah. That grants wishes to children 2.5 years to 18 years old who have life threatening medical conditions. Its name is a parody of the Make a Wish Foundation. It should be noted that each year the Make a Wish Foundation collaborates with ESPN for a one week sports center segment called My Wish, which grants sports related wishes. Why, Why? should that be noted? No, hold on. The next paragraph, which is entirely about the show, makes that make sense. So I'm actually okay. glad that they did that. They actually did think about this in a comprehensive way. All right. Uh, the next, I'll read the next sentence then. In If I'm Dying, I'm Lying, the foundation granted three kids dreams. Johnny Gobron became the quarterback for the New England Patriots. Jeremy, the terminally ill boy, was a celebrity square on Hollywood Squares. And Chris Griffin had them convince NBC to revive the recently canceled Gumble 2, Gumble Beach Justice. Or Gumble to Gumble Beach Justice? Yeah, I think it's probably that. Yeah, there's no colon. Um, I don't know that that... I don't know that that it should be noted each year, make a wish, blah, 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 part is really necessary. That's true. I thought that they were going to have more sports stuff, but then they only had one. So you're right. Yeah, I don't think it makes a lot of sense. Also, again, talking about the laziest joke, like changing make a wish into grant a dream is the kind of thing that I feel like on a well-written show, somebody would have come up with a, a joke to put there. Yeah, I feel like if this was The Simpsons, that would have been something that was funny on a different level as well. The I mean, name. like, if this was Bob's Burgers, it would have at least been a pun. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I keep thinking of, uh, people posted it and, like, I hadn't even noticed it when it first aired, but there's that, um, that episode of The Simpsons where Lisa writes an essay about America uh, for Reader's Digest. I assume um, it's called something like Lisa Writes an Essay because that's what they named all the episodes back when I it think was it's good. M- Mr. Lisa Goes to Washington is the name of the episode. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, anyway, but they went to uh, a Reader's Digest like awards dinner and there's a sign up that says Reader's Digest brevity is dot 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 wit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck, that's a good joke, you guys. That was a really good joke. That's uh, a also, fucking incredible joke. Also, I will never in my life see the name of the Shakespeare play Much Do About Nothing without thinking of the store in Springfield Much Do About Muffins. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's barely a joke. It's very good, though. But it's a thousand times better than Grant a Dream, which is literally nothing. Yep. It's just uh, saying the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's what Family Guy is. It's uh, humor by... It's the laugh of recognition. Yeah. Yeah. You're just like, ah, oh, I get it. Yeah. That's like that real thing. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, I got a random page. You want to hear about it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, I put it in the chat there. I got Corey in the category of bit characters. Corey is the host of a YouTube instructional video that Stewie looks up when he needs to get Brian out of a rat hole after shrinking him in big trouble in Little Kohog. Oh my god. <laughs> they got into high, high-minded high sci-fi conceits in this show. Oh yeah, well, there's a whole... I wouldn't say high-minded. 
minded. It's no more high minded than the stuff that Urkel did on Family Matters. Yeah, okay. I exactly. should say high concept, I suppose. <laughs> There's like time travel and multiverse episodes yeah. on this dumb show. So I hate, I'm not going to read this stuff because let's not get into it, but I hate that this is uh, the idea of a uh, fun teen or 20 something that kids love to see YouTube videos of, but then he says Nazi stuff. Oops, ha, honk, yep. fart noise. <laughs> Honk. Yeah. I do like the idea of saying honk after every time you say a joke. <laughs> uh, I would say I would be willing to bet that they showed him saying the Nazi stuff, but it says he was apparently in trouble after saying, quote, Nazi stuff. Yeah. So they probably just referenced it. Uh, they probably had him do an apology to make a joke mm. at the expense of people who apologize for saying Nazi stuff. And yes. listen, those people should be made fun of, but not for apologizing, which is the thing that least deserves making fun of. I don't know. I'm also very suspicious of how they handled it, or that they bothered to handle it at all, but I don't... I don't know what they... what tone they took. It couldn't have been good. I'm trying to... It couldn't have been good, true. Like, I can't even conceive of how you could make this joke in a way that isn't terrible. Yeah, agreed. So they didn't have to do it at all, but they decided they were going to do it. Well, I have good news for you. The two guest stars on the episode where they made this joke were Sam Elliott and Dennis Leary. Uh, I like Sam Elliott. God damn it. He needs to stop. (laughs) Here's another thing. Um, I feel like so much of Family Guy is trying to make, like, culturally relevant jokes, even though everyone who works on it is in their 50s. (laughs) Like, they, it seems like every joke that they have of making a joke about YouTube or whatever, anyone who actually watches YouTube would never find this funny, right? Probably not. It's not relevant to young people in a way that it purports to be. I don't think this show is for young people. I think this show is for 30-somethings who remember it from when they were kids. And so it talks about YouTube in a way that a 30-something could relate to and not think too much about it. But I think that Family Guy, when it first came out, was trying to be a more... um, It's trying to be edgy Simpsons. Yes, exactly. An edgy, sort of like, more culturally plugged-in Simpsons. But the thing is, you can still go back and watch the first 15 seasons of The Simpsons and be like, this is still good. Whereas I bet if you tried to watch early Family Guy, you'd be like, oh, to, to get this joke, you need to remember that at that time, yeah. people were using America Online, and there was this <laughs> thing where, and it's like... Hey guys, remember Zoolander? Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly! Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I looked up the person who wrote this episode uh, to see, 53 yeah. years old. There you go. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, like, Seth MacFarlane himself, I feel like his whole shit is like, I am an I am a, a comedian who will push the envelope and, like, venture into new territory that is more relevant. But he's, like, in his 50s and making the same shitty, like, non-jokes that he's been making for 30 years. Guys, you want to be yeah. really depressed? No. Yes. <laughs> when he created Family Guy, he was 25. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, it's just, like, he created this... 18 season long show in his mid 20s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This well, that's is the what thing. I'm you con- can't you can't ever have a cutting edge show by someone who admittedly that's very young to have your own show, like extremely young. Yeah. Uh who's going to push the envelope. You can't have them keep doing that for 20 years cuz it's just going to fall into some kind of rut no matter what. Yep. And like I wonder if uh like here's the thing. 
I wonder how he got selected to be the person to have their own show, given that, having watched half of one episode of Family Guy, I am confident that any 25-year-old in the world could make as good or better a show. (laughs) Yeah, that's Uh, what I'm saying. He's got whatever it is that makes him likable to execs. I think he was able to pitch himself really well. He was just some kind of, like, working animator, and then, like, made a couple of pilots, and one of them hit... (laughs) And now they let him write live-action shows. Yeah. Why? Because he wants to. Okay, anyway, I got a random page. Yeah. And my random page is the Quahog... uh, Whatever. uh, Airport Inn. Okay. That's not a funny name. (laughs) The Quahog Airport Inn is where Peter and Lois, as well as many of their neighbors, attend a high-pressure timeshare sales pitch in order to be given a boat in I Am Peter, Hear Me Roar. Following the presentation that shows the island resort is overrun by man-eating ogres, uh, Peter (laughs) elects to take a mystery box instead of the boat. While the neighbors choose to stick with the boat, Peter and Lois are given tickets to a show at the Chuckle Bucket Comedy Club. There was no spoiler warning at all, because if you intended to watch this episode, (laughs) that just ruined the whole thing for you, right? It would be pretty wild if you were like, I'm going to sit down and watch an episode of Family Guy. I need to get all of the (laughs) background info first. Let me look up this I gotta pause as soon as this inch. Hold up. I don't know anything about the Quahog Airport Inn. I need to go read up yeah, on the exactly. lore. You need to research to really understand episodes of Family Guy. Yeah. I'm gonna push the options key and go into the menu to read the lore segment. Yep, yeah, where's the Amazon X-ray on this scene? I cannot believe Dumb. they couldn't come up with a funny name for this airport in. We all get the idea of what it's supposed to be and that there's gonna be a, a, a timeshare seminar there. You could have it be any funny name in the entire world. The thing is, what The Simpsons did, not to keep comparing to The Simpsons, but what The Simpsons did... But it invites that comparison by being a ripoff of The Simpsons. Correct. (laughs) What The Simpsons did so well is to have things with normal names always have, like, a slogan on their sign or something that put it over the top into an actual joke. And there's a screenshot here of this thing, and it's just an extremely badly drawn sort of, like, holiday in facsimile. Yeah, and it doesn't have yep. a sign outside saying, now with 50% less rats, or anything funny at or, all. Or, yeah, like, now with beds. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I did... It's so badly drawn, it's shocking! <laughs> <laughs> I clicked through to Chuckle Bucket, and that one does have slogans. Hmm. Uh, tonight featuring comics from cancelled TV shows, hmm. and open mic night, likely to stink. Oh my god! <laughs> They're not particularly funny, but at least they're jokes. No! The second one is That second isn't. one is so bad! That second one is... If you ever go to the uh, meme creator page... I forget what it's called. Meme generator, maybe it's called? Dot com? Uh, the one where you can make your own memes. If you look at memes other people have made, <laughs> they're so bad. They don't even understand what a meme is or how to make a joke. It says shit just like this. Oh, Open man. mic night, likely to stink. Wow. It's in parentheses is likely to stink. <laughs> like, tonight's open mic night, and it's not going to be very good. Let's see what's happening in the news. Couldn't you just say, like, no refunds? There are so many ways to punch this up. Mm, yeah, no refunds is a good way. Yeah. <laughs> it's barely... It's like every every joke on Family Guy seems to be the first thing that somebody yelled out in the writer's room, and then they instantly move on. I was mm-hmm. going to say, it's like a placeholder. Like, we're going to say, open yeah. mic night, uh, likely to stink or whatever, but we'll come back to that. <laughs> and they never do. Mm-hmm. We'll I just remember... call this the airport inn. We'll come up with a funny name for it later. 
I remember listening to a commentary track on Futurama, and on it, David Cohen talks about spending two full days in the writer's room coming up with slogans to put on signs for protesters uh, Mm -hmm. outside of the uh, Planet Express office when they are selling the poplars. And just just <laughs> writing, like, 5,000 sign slogans so that the animators could choose the best ones. And that is the exact opposite attitude to whatever <laughs> produced o- open mic night likely to stink. Yeah. Uh, I feel exhausted. <laughs> are, we too, are we being too negative? <laughs> no. <laughs> We're not like being we nearly are, negative but, enough. Uh... The thing is, someone listening to this likes Family Guy and now feels very bad about themselves. And to me, to that person I say, you are not bad. And I'm not even calling you dumb for liking this thing, but you need to acknowledge that this thing you like is dumb. Uh, I don't think they need to. I think you, I think that the only way to, like... Grow as a person? <laughs> unabashedly like something dumb oh. is to admit to yourself that it's dumb. Because if you try to defend it, you will always just end up tying your own self-worth to the worth of this thing that is dumb. Mm, I've gotten pretty good at not caring when other people don't like things I like. Yes, yeah. but there's a difference between somebody else not liking it, but, like, you know, it's, it's still a valid property versus, like... Here's an example. You guys all know one of my favorite movies of all time is Jet Li's The One. Mm -hmm. Yes. It is an amazingly fantastic kung fu movie uh, that is, like, the biggest Matrix ripoff, and it's so stupid. (laughs) It's maybe the stupidest movie I've ever watched more than once, and I've watched it 30 or 40 times at this (laughs) point. Yeah. If I was a different kind of person and somebody said to me, hey, the one is very stupid, I would try to come up with ways in which they were wrong, and I would feel bad afterwards because of it. Whereas if somebody says to me, hey, the one is very stupid, I can say, you're right, and I still love it, and that is fine. <laughs> I think you know that, what I mean? I think that's a confidence that comes with age, though, because at a certain point you can be like, yeah, I do like this thing. I know you think it's ridiculous. But when you're young, I feel like it's very hard to do that. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Well, I, I mean, our listeners are certainly allowed to feel however they feel about stuff. I, I just think that you will be happier if you admit that the things that are dumb that you love are dumb and you can still love them and that's fine. I get a little bit um, <laughs> concerned about things like the family guy being successful because it will do the subtle thing where it'll make a joke about something like... It has never done a subtle thing. <laughs> you know, Got him. It'll achieve a subtle thing. <laughs> yes. Where it'll make a joke about sexual harassment not being a big deal or something like that and it'll kind of put the seed in your mind if you're someone who doesn't have to worry about sexual harassment that yeah maybe it's not a big deal and like things like that make me uncomfortable yes that is definitely Mm. true it in general i think family guy across the board sort of uh minimizes uh non-white trauma yes non-white male trauma yes yeah it seems accurate so, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> well, end of show. <laughs> um, okay, well, if you like this episode, I mean, some people like it when we get mad. And if you didn't, then we're sorry, but this thing that you like, our show, is very dumb. That's yeah, true. you have to admit it to continue listening. We'll know. Yep. Yeah. <laughs>
Uh, okay, so if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and tell your friends about us. Um, uh, we appreciate everyone who's been recommending us to our friends, th- to their friends and our friends mostly um, through the, the quarantine. I think that having podcasts to listen to is a great way to make the time not feel so oppressive. Mm. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter at HackTheNetPod. Uh, and if you want to join our Discord so you can talk to us directly, you can just message us. Uh, I'm on Mastodon, at Matt Heron, at Mastodon.cloud. I'm also on Mastodon. You can type the URL Mastodon.cloud slash at JK right into your little URL bar. <laughs> you can also go to... Uh, Instagram or Snapchat, I'm Jeff JK on both of those. This is like um, a weird smooth jazz version of Jeff that mm-hmm. I'm very into. <laughs> you don't know where he's going, but he's going to get there eventually. Yeah. yeah uh, next up, we've got uh, Al Green being spun up for Louisa in Delaware. Uh, hey! Louisa, um, she loves Al have, Green. A, have a smooth night. Have a smooth night out there. <laughs> Thanks, your classic catchphrase. Have a smooth night out there. <laughs> Jeff, that is an extremely powerful catchphrase and you cannot let it go. <laughs> Alright, you can find me online to talk to me at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. That was a weird way to say it. I was you can find to me online to talk to me. <laughs> Uh, Alright guys, thank you so much for coming out Come back next week But in the meantime, here's another one for you You bastard claws bar Have a smooth night out there (laughs) It's always different, shut up It's always different, but it's never good I'm going to try to remember the name of Klausblar the Wizard. Oh, it's such a bad name, though. What? Klausblar's a great name. No, it's not. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's so fake. All the uh, syllables don't go together in a naturalistic way. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, like a wizard would do. Ah! <laughs>